Geico gets you access to licensed agents 24-7, which means that Geico is always there for you. If only everyone was always there for you, like your wife when you forget your keys at work. Hey, hon, you get my texts? I am looking for the spare house key. Hmm, maybe I can get through the window. Ah, <laughs> turns out the alarm works. <laughs> Wow, it, it works fast. You, you, you should probably call me back. Geico, always there for you, with savings and 24-7 access to licensed agents. McFeelies. Welcome to This Feels Terrible. I'm your host, Erin McGathy. Before I get into the chat I have for you this week, I am doing a surprise This Feels Terrible live in Dublin, Ireland, sorry, Ohio, on July 17th at Bellow Bar, my favorite intimate Dublin venue. You can buy tickets now by going to Eventbrite, and you can find the link for those tickets on the This Feels Terrible Facebook page or the Instagram, or you can just search Eventbrite. I hope to see you there. Uh, you can also buy tickets for my show Murder Town at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is happening August 2nd to 28th in Edinburgh by clicking the link on my Twitter. Okay. This week on the podcast, I am quite pleased with myself for curating the order of uh, last week and this week's episodes. Last week, I spoke with comedian Kate Berland, and we talked briefly about Kate's theory, uh, which was kind of glib and, and, and kind of honest about putting sex at the center of one's life and how that may be a transparent way of unsuccessfully avoiding death. So this week... My guest is someone with a very different point of view, an adult film star. I'll pause for you to give me a silent round of applause for my excellent uh, producing. Um, yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, my guest this week is Chad Firestad, a.k.a. Chad Alva. I hung out uh, in groups to chat a few times before finding out that he did porn. He's a, he's a friend of a friend. He's also a musician and writer and porn isn't really something that that's ever come up when we were hanging out in groups. I kind of, I, I don't remember how I found out actually. I think it was maybe just a, 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 a night out and someone may have whispered it in my ear and I was like, what, really? What? Um, one of the times that we hung out recently was in May uh, when we went to a big group went with a big group to the Renaissance Fair, which is right outside of Los Angeles. And we talked about this on the podcast. But um, on that on that Sunday, he wore a medieval princess dress to the fair. And I was really struck by how comfortable he was with himself and how it didn't feel like he, as a heterosexual man, was making fun of women in any way. And it was really refreshing. So at the end of the day, I asked if he'd be up for talking to me about working in porn on this very podcast. And he agreed. And here we are. You're about to hear that conversation. We recorded this a few days after the Renaissance Fair at a Starburn Studio in, ooh, my voice just cracked, Starburn Studio in Burbank. In fact, uh, Starburns himself from Community, Dino Stamatopoulos, walked into the studio at one point, uh, which you'll hear, <laughs> um, which may, you can, I don't know if you can tell my voice, but when he comes in, I, it makes me a little nervous. Um, also, the day that we recorded this both Chad and myself that we recorded this in the morning and both Chad and myself happened to be dealing with with bad 
hangovers, uh, respectively, which I think actually helped facilitate a really honest conversation uh, just because, you know, I didn't have the brain capacity to think too hard about being embarrassed about all the questions I was asking. Um, Yeah, because I, yeah, I don't really know anything uh, about the porn industry, except for what I've learned from kind of sensational documentaries. And I, I especially don't know what it's like to be, I don't know what, what porn is like from a straight male perspective, like an honest straight male perspective. Um, cause I think in those documentaries, that's always kind of played up in a way. And I put documentaries in quotes because I feel like those are all kind of just an excuse for us to see butts. Anyway, in this conversation, we talk about how Chad Chad, uh, got into porn. We talk about the psychology of actually shooting and what happens when someone you're performing with starts crying. We talk about porn clicks, uh, not internet internet clicks, but but clicks as in the French word clicks. And uh, I muse about what kind of porn I would shoot if I was in the biz. I'm giggling now, which you'll hear in the episode many times. There are times when I'm, you can genuinely hear me just giggling at my own thoughts. Um, At one point I'm asking Chad about the different uh, social groups in porn. And I genuinely asked, um, are there nerds in porn? Like people who are really excited about the history of sex, (laughs) which is such a stupid question. Um, You'll also hear a couple just, uh, um, flustered um, girl giggles because we're talking about porn and Chad's a, a handsome dude. That's all I'll say. Um, no, I'll say one more thing about that. Obviously, like clearly, I had never, I had never looked up Chad's porn. I still have never seen a video. But after we had this conversation, and just now, as I was like thinking about how to introduce this. I just Googled it really quick and it's, it's really intense seeing someone, you know, um, so intimately. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm blushing now thinking about it. Um, anyway, obviously this is a very adult sex oriented conversation. I don't feel like I really need to see this, say this, but I'm just going to say this. Anyway, we speak very, very frankly about sex and pornography. So keep that in mind if you're listening in mixed company. I know that my my rating on iTunes says clean and I, we can't figure out how to change it. That's like that's up to iTunes and it's kind of a frustrating thing. So I'm sorry about that if you're listening to this and, and you really wanted a clean podcast. This one is super, super not clean. Um, it's also not I don't think it's especially obscene and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a frank conversation about sex that I think everyone can handle. Okay. With that in mind, please enjoy this episode with Chad Firestad, AKA Chad Alva. What were you doing last night? You're up till six. Uh, my friends threw a Depeche Mode night at the offbeat bar in Highland Park. And nice. another friend of mine, um, he completely reprogrammed and performed Depeche Mode's entire second album completely on himself wow. <laughs> or like by himself and performed it live. Uh, so I had to go there to see that. I'm just like, like that would take so much effort to do for like a free party and a free show. Yeah. Yeah. So even though some people watching are probably just like, this guy's just doing karaoke. Mm. 
<clears throat> they probably don't know how much work goes into programming all that shit. Sure, sure. <laughs> so. you, you do so many cool things. My, my impression of you is that you have like, I don't know, so you, you've really tapped into like the coolest part of the LA like art scene and you think so I don't know that's my that's my impression from Instagram like the way that I'm feeling right now is like the same way that I felt like intimidated by art kids at my high school where like in my head I was like I'm an art kid too um but no thank you I don't want to I don't want to wear black lipstick no (laughs) like are you intimidated in my presence <laughs> I, you're, you're kind of sitting in an intimidating way, like a little bit. Also, really? I was hanging out with you Sunday, and you were wearing a woman's dress all day. Yeah, was that I was very comfortable. No, not at all. Oh, now that, that you're wearing me... men's clothes, I'm like now, now you're intimidating. Really? So I the, wish you would have shown up dress, in that dress. The dress made me less intimidating, really. Mm-hmm. Huh? Well, I'd like to know the psychology of that. Well, how does that work? <laughs> I don't know. So, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about what you? Do you? I know you do a bunch of different things. Well, I do a lot of different things, but um, my, prim- my primary career and source of income is that I perform in adult films. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's one of the main reasons you wanted to have me here today. That is true. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's I guess the I'm, main thing. Yeah. Maybe I'm not intimidated. I don't know. I feel or no, intimidated is the wrong word. I feel like overly I feel really excited at the opportunity to ask you questions about it. <laughs> Ooh, I'm glad you're excited. <laughs> um, and I'm going to giggle like a teenage girl, apparently. So. Please do. You, <laughs> so can, what? you can make up for my lack of giggles. <laughs> um, you don't strike me as a big giggler. Well, I think it depends on who I'm with. Um, sometimes I do this nerdy thing I picked up from my mother where mm. I just laugh after everything I say, even if it's not funny. Right. Right now, I'm not doing that because we're making a podcast and I think I'm in a different mode. Gotcha. Are you in like a serious mode? I'm just trying to, you know, present myself. Sure. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, so what, what got you into uh, adult films? I always knew I wanted to do it. Since I was a young really? teen, a young teen, uh, yeah, I remember in junior high, other kids in junior high, I was like, "What are you gonna do when you grow up?" And I was like, "I'm gonna work in porn." And everyone was like, oh, "Yeah, yeah, right, Chad. It's just, that's stupid. It'll right, never right. happen." And uh, I was really extremely 100 percent serious the whole time. Yeah. And so uh, you know, it took plenty of moves to make happen. But uh, yeah, what were, I made what it were the what were the moves? And also, besides the obvious, like what attracted you to doing porn? It's hard to say, really. I mean, obviously, I started watching porn at a rather young age, like plenty mm-hmm. of boys do, at like 11 or 12. Sure, sure. And was very drawn to it since then, just in a, in, in a general sense. But I noticed by the time I was uh, in high school, like 16 or 17, just that I was paying way more attention to the details of the industry that nobody else was. <laughs> like I knew like every single performer's name and like wow. bits about their background and like yeah. who won awards and who did what's just pretty much every detail about the industry. And Were you I, impressed by like like the technical aspect of it or like no. the, the fact that it was naughty? Um, it was more so just the fact that I could tell a lot of these people like just thinking about the lifestyle really mm. just knowing that these people just have sex with each other like really fun looking sex regularly and get paid lots of money mm. to do it more than more than what most jobs pay and for, for a much right. smaller amount of time. I don't know. It, it just boggled my mind that nobody else around me was like, yeah, I want to do porn when I grow up too. <laughs> it's like, 
why doesn't anybody else want to? And just hearing yeah. that made me realize like, well, I must be drawn to this for a reason. I feel like I could do it and I feel like I'm the only one who wants to for a reason. So I should. Right. You know, what, what made you think that you could do it? Well, I mean, of course there's the aspect that like, you know, once I started messing around with girls a lot more often in like high school and stuff, uh, you know, I semi-frequently heard, whoa, you've got a big one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, semi-frequently. Yeah. yeah. And a big what, exactly? I'm what, just... <laughs> what do you think? A cock. Oh! <laughs> a big cock. <laughs> uh, what, were the, what were the moves that you had to make to... Also, I just, like, I want to say, which, like, I have a feeling maybe people have said this to you before and I'm not actually sure if this is offensive or not but it's it's heartening to hear offend me <laughs> I bet I can't but like <laughs> um it's heartening because obviously there's so many um I'm sure misconceptions about the adult film industry but it's heartening to hear somebody say that they wanted to like they liked the lifestyle of porn and like wanted to do it because there's the you know the trope of somebody coming to Los Angeles to be an actress and then falling into it yeah yeah like out of necessity or out of like Mm -hmm. addiction right and that does happen obviously like there's I think it was probably a lot more common, um, you know, 10 to 20 years ago. Mm. Uh, I feel like things have changed a lot as far as like uh, the way our generation thinks of, of, you know, sex work and people in porn. It's like, it's mm. not as big of a, uh, what's the Taboo. word? Anymore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, for people our age, I don't think. Yeah. Um, so it is definitely slowly transforming and there definitely is still a handful of people who get into it for the wrong reasons. Right. But because, uh, you know, it is it is a pretty... Uh, if you let it be, it can be a, a pretty big enabler, you know, because mm-hmm. you really don't have to do much work. I mean, especially, especially for the girls, actually, like, you know, if, if you want right. to, all you have to do is show up to set and then they do your hair, they do, they do your makeup. And if you really want to, you can just lie there and, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, people will still hire you because some people are into that vibe. Yeah. You know, do you have like a crew <laughs> that you run with of people that like, cause there must be like, what are the different what are the different types of people in porn? Like different, like are there different like circles of like, oh, okay, that like we're the people that are super, because one of the other reasons that I wanted to ask you on the podcast was that my impression of you like on Sunday and like the other brief times that I've met you is that you're feminist and like very Ooh. like sex positive and <laughs> I'm mean, like you, when we went to the Ren, like one of the things that I, that is, that is something that um, like gets to me. I would even say like hurts my feelings sometimes is yeah. when um, men put on dresses for Halloween or whatever and are uh-huh. like, isn't it? Hel-? I think I said this to you on Sunday uh-huh. and I was just like, isn't it hilarious? Like I'm a girl and girls are lame. Like, <laughs> like, I, like, like in a, in a small way it has always been like, Oh, like that's so stupid. Also, you're putting no effort into this costume at all but you wore you wore a friend Kelsey's um, like medieval (laughs) dress on Sunday yeah and I said to you the way that you were wearing it was not like you were wearing a costume even like you it looked like it made sense and it also looked like you weren't ashamed like the like you didn't think it was funny that you were a woman you were just like oh yeah no today I'm just gonna like wear this dress because it feels right yeah it feels right and like you almost seem like slightly I won't go as far as to say like (laughs) well like slightly empowered maybe not empowered you just seem like very comfortable with yourself and comfortable with women and like I really appreciated that I thought that was very cool 
Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really cool when you brought that up to me when you said that something, like, even though I appeared rather masculine, you said something about me in the dress, like, just felt right, and you didn't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I almost appreciated that, and even though I don't have a, a real answer as to why, I kind of felt what you were saying, mm. and kind of felt the same way when I do dress up like that. Yeah. And I guess when it comes down to it, uh, on that on that topic, you said like you get like feminist vibes from me. I don't want to just play that card and like take that path or or, or like come off that way. <laughs> well, it's like, not playing a card, just being that because like it's not like you you never said to me like I am a feminist. I could just right. tell, like you said small things throughout the day where I was like, oh, this guy like likes and respects women in a not just, in a not in an othering way. Just I'm just in obsessed a... with women. I just have <laughs> been my entire life. And I mean what I, about, grew, what I about primarily them? grew up with my mom and sister mm-hmm. uh after my parents got divorced when I was ten. So I mean like I feel from then on out it was just kind of a developmental thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to act like it's not more than that. I mean I think that's a huge part. But on top of that, I've just always been obsessed with women and especially beautiful women and sexy women. And of course, that's another reason why I got into porn. Right. Um, And yeah, that's another thing is like when I was just like watching porn as a teenager, like even though I was like obsessed with like just like jerking off to these girls and like (laughs) fantasizing about like getting to work with them and shit. Mm -hmm. I also feel like I did have this other level of like respect for them that other people didn't seem to be like yeah. putting out there. Yeah. And it's kind of a weird thing to say, but I, I just, that is really something that I felt. I really did feel like I had that like, yeah. Um, and I'm sure there are a lot of porn fans out there who do feel that way mm-hmm. about some of the girls that they get super into. But, um, is there, I don't know. I just wanted to say that. That's <laughs> great. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of porn. I would even venture to say like, I don't know, maybe maybe most porn that would be like popularly consumed. Maybe not mo- most. I don't know what I'm saying, but there there obviously like is a lot of porn that has a has a vibe of um, getting into like disrespecting women. Like, is there anything oh, that like yeah. or, like what kind of yeah? What do you how do you feel about that? Well, that I mean that becomes it's not really a gray area, but it's always a difficult thing to really discuss because it's like for one thing. Most of the girls that I do know who are really into like, who are just like really sexual people, like like mm-hmm. somewhat nymphomatic or whatever, like they most of them enjoy really rough sex, like like mm-hmm. that's their favorite kind of sex. Right. And in I mean, I enjoy uh, aggressive sex myself, but my experience throughout my life is usually that most girls want it to be rougher mm-hmm. than what I provide. So right. like, so but there's like um, a difference between like rough sex in real life and then someone getting off to like a woman being spit on like because they're watching it. Well, yeah, but it's still it's still blurry because like a lot of girls still like that. Yeah, so like yeah. when you're watching a porn like that, it's like you really unless you unless you're really good at reading people and you're like mm. looking into her eyes and you can <laughs> see that she's like damaged or like hurting like mm. psychologically and you're still getting off on that, then yeah, like, yeah, then yeah. that's like something darker, you know? Right. But like a lot of porn like that is, ro- it's, ro- it's basically role playing. It's like, mm. and people know what kind of scene they're doing before they get into it. Right. So most of the time, like everyone who's there that's doing that is, is all about it. Right. Know? Do you think it ever so. happens where someone's hired for like a, like a particularly aggressive or violent shoot? 
who isn't into that but is doing it like out of necessity yeah have I mean, you experienced that firsthand at all um maybe like maybe a couple times i mean i've had my fair share of shoots like i've done like uh upwards of like in the high 500s uh, of scenes now uh. Um, <laughs> I say whoa, but like I don't know. I have no metric for that. I don't know if that's a lot or a little. It seems like a lot to me. I mean, it's all I know. Yeah. I mean, people were shooting a lot more like 15 years ago. Like if I was working 15 years ago, mm. I probably would have done like over a thousand by now. Gotcha. But uh, but it, I mean, that's still a lot of people to have sex with. If you yeah, ask me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like 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 even though I knew I wanted to be a porn star when I was growing up, I I didn't no like yeah like when i'm 30 i'll be like i've had sex with like 500 people you know like it's kind of weird yeah 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 uh but what were we just talking about oh the the girls coming into the shoots and not knowing right what they they were getting into uh yeah that that happens like a a fair share of times not not very often like Mm -hmm. i've only witnessed it a few times but you know you'll have your time where there'll be a relatively new girl and, and it'll be like the middle of a scene and you know she'll just like start crying and Really? You have to cut and you know you might not ever get a reason as to why but like do you feel in that situation like when the when like the other performer starts crying do you feel like, like you I'm, should comfort uh, her or if like you're or you're part of I mean in that situation I would just be reading her vibes like yeah, if she yeah. like if if I felt like we had a good connection already mm-hmm. and she was more comfortable with me than anyone else in the room yeah uh, then I would you know, try to comfort her in that situation. What inspires the crying in those situations? Oh, I mean, it, or like what? It, yeah, what? Sets I mean, it, off it, or? it could be different every time. Like, so it's happened a lot. You've seen that happen a lot. Just like a handful of times, maybe right. like maybe like five to ten times in my like going on eight years in porn. So right, not that many out of you know. Is it just like a been? like a realization of what they're doing or is it like past trauma and I mean most, by most of the time thing? they won't tell you why they're crying they just right. they're just like oh I just need a minute sorry sorry they'll like go in the bathroom for a few minutes and then come back and just dive right back into it um, I mean one time there's one specific one I always bring up because it was the most memorable mm-hmm. for me because um, it was like we were shooting I can tell a short story about it if you want. Please do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, we were shooting up. A- no, no, no. I don't want to hear about the very interesting porn story. <laughs> so I, uh, I definitely covered this one in my next book. I'm about to put out, but uh, your next book, you have a yeah. book. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about your book later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we were shooting. It was probably I'd been in for about a year. We were shooting at this big mansion, like up in like Latigo Canyon, which is outside of Malibu, mm-hmm. and you know. A, a big thing on porn sets is everything takes forever and is running way late right. and way behind. So our scene was being shot poolside up in the canyon, but it was the last shoot for the day. Mm. So by the time we started shooting, the sun was going down and it was getting dark and it was freezing and there were super cold winds. So about halfway through the scene, um, I kind of started struggling a little bit. Like, you know, my boner, I mean. Right. <laughs> So it was just like so cold and I was getting weird, weird vibes from the girl. And Mm -hmm. she had also, I witnessed this a lot more in my first year, but like there was a lot of like uh, clam chowdery stuff going on with girls. Um, you mean like yeast infections? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like, like you'll be doing a scene and then, you know, then like a few minutes in, you just start to notice all that clam chowder all over your dick. Oh, gee. Oh God. Um, (laughs) 
I don't. I don't know how to react because, like, because I, I want to empathize with you, but then I'm also like, how dare you? But uh, but also, I mean, no, that's would that be a common thing just because of hygiene and see i'm not art? i'm not trying to like trash the situation oh, i know you're not like shaming the person yeah no. no but that is like obviously like uh i i think if there was a i think men can have yeast infections but if there was a male equivalent i think i would maybe be bothered in a working environment that something was yeah well I mean, but i like, also don't know i don't i don't know i don't like i'm treading lightly because that person i don't know what their situation is and maybe well, yeah and know, also it was my f- i need to feed my kids i have a yeast infection am i gonna tell <laughs> or am i gonna try to just make it that's a good work point. that's a yeah. good point um yeah i don't know there's there's a lot of different things to analyze about that and i don't know why i witnessed it a lot more my first year like i yeah. feel like i almost never see that anymore. did it seem like they knew about it and we're trying to hide it or they just like were most of the time they act like they don't know right sorry girls for calling you out <laughs> well i mean the my, my first my first real reaction to it is that like um i mean i've i've had one yeast infection in my life and i'm very fortunate because all my friends have had a bazillion mm-hmm. happened to me once and it was so painful really yeah and i i i was like oh god like i've heard my friends complain about this before and i never knew how uncomfortable and awful and shameful this feels really yeah yeah totally and then to think about like having sex while that's happening is is really mind blowing to me. It well, makes me think that they really that needed to have. Oh yeah, like I can't imagine Be, because also it's uncomfortable. It's obviously and super embarrassing. Yeah, clearly. Well, this is this is just the beginning of the story. So oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's kind of the first thing that happened where she was just kind of like, oh, I'm sorry. So then that's kind of like when I started struggling, just because you know you have a moment there where you're just not expecting it, and then things get kind of weird. Like, oh, we have to stop. What's going on? Go clean yourself up. Yeah. But then, and there's that, a fu- there's literally like a fungal infection. Right. Yeah. But then that was the same the same time where then all of a sudden you know she went to clean up and then she kind of like started crying and stuff. Uh-huh. And then we had this whole incident where she was kind of like in the bathroom for like a half hour or something just like by mm-hmm. herself but then when she came out she started she was still bawling and she started telling everyone that her grandpa died like the other day and that she's missing like his wake or his funeral right now because the shoot was running longer than she thought it was supposed to run right um so then she was like i i have to leave i have to leave and the director was like no we've come this far like we're we have to finish it like there's not that much left to shoot like we have to we have to finish it yeah and clearly something else was going on probably yeah so then i mean there was like an like an hour period where she was just crying like you know kind of not maniacally but just like she wouldn't stop bawling we were all just trying to like figure out what to do like how to how to calm her down and stuff mm-hmm. um and someone so, crying and, maniacally is kind of a hilarious idea yeah and that was one time where i did try to comfort her actually like you were asking right right so right. yeah I, I remember just like because i felt like the cruise vibes were kind of like they weren't being very empathetic at all like they were very like cold and like mechanical and kind of like almost Are yelling most at her. porn crews that way because that would be my that would be if i was to write a movie about a porn crew i would just assume that everyone was it, that um, it was kind of like a cold atmosphere because it's such an intimate thing that they're watching all the time that it's just like you just shut down i would guess and Every, what kind of guy i well okay well here's a here's a prejudice i clearly have i was about to say what kind of guy gets into 
filming like because you can film for anything it's kind of different as like the mm. performer because you can't have sex on, I don't know <laughs> this, these are my bias that I, that I'm interested in exploring and you correcting or affirming well, first of all every crew is different so I can't just say like porn crews right. are usually one way or the other it's like there are definitely a fair share of crews that are just like like a bunch of dudes who are like <laughs> like laughing at everything not taking anything seriously which has got to be like so insane all... for the performers right like that's got to be so insane like if the crew is well it's another very interesting topic because like I think there's a, a a quantity of people in porn who who actually like that. They really? want they want to get out of themselves when they're on set. They don't right. want to think about their real like personal lives or yeah, like yeah. their their normal like set of emotions or like mm. values. They just want to like be in this like you know pretend like it's a different world like while they're there. Right, right. And like right. I, so I, I think some people like that kind of like everything's a joke vibe when they're on set. Yeah. Um, do you, do you think that's their brains protecting themselves or do you think that's, do you think that's a healthy thing or a bad thing? Um, I, I can't really say because <laughs> I mean like uh, just again, everyone is so different. I mean, maybe for right. some people that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe for some people it's like a cover up when it shouldn't be. Right. Um, but I don't know. That's not my vibe. Sure. I, yeah. When yeah. I'm on set, I just like to just be like just very like real mm-hmm. and like talk about people's like like hey tell me about yourself growing up like, like yeah before, yeah because like, you're be- comfortable with like what you're doing like before I work with someone I'm like oh what are you into where did you grow up like how does it you- feel like a date every time I don't know I never really did dates <laughs> <laughs> does it feel like what you would imagine a date to be like like a miniature like you know I guess do you try to f- kind of fall I guess for the person that you're having sex with every time you know I guess now that you're saying that maybe it is kind of comparable mm-hmm. um because I mean I at least try to just form like that base connection from the start yeah like hey let's at least like you know and do you do like, that so like it makes it more like fun and natural to have sex with them well i mean for me i almost i don't necessarily need it but it's like but i enjoy it more if there's at least like a base connection like oh i enjoy what it's like having a conversation with this person like there's their standard vibe like that's just another level of like something to be attracted to about them you know sure i mean most of the time but it can go both ways of course yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah what do you do when you are working with somebody who you who you either like dislike personally or unattracted to oh or do uh, you find something well fortunately for me I can find something to be attracted about with most girls. Um, that's right. Do you one think of the that, that must be like a big, like if you had a resume for a, for a porn star, I, w- I would think that like if that was something that existed, that would be one of the main skills. Like I can find something attractive about everybody. Uh, well, I'd say it is like the most yeah. important. I mean, or at least like you have to be able to keep your dick hard. <laughs> like even right, if you're right, not right. attracted to anyone, like I don't know how people do that, but if they do like, Cause, Cause people, I, I always I, assume that people took drugs. Well, I mean, as far as I know, every male performer uses a little something. Before yeah, because you're shooting shoot. all day and so, like, yeah, yeah, how would you? So especially with the dudes who like don't even care about the girls they're working with and like aren't mm-hmm. impressed and like not even attracted to them, I would think they would have to be using something. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know? But for me, I mean, like, you know, even with a little something, like you still need to use your brain you still like most of the time you still need to like be about it yeah yeah so what is that conversation like in your 
in your head? Like, what do you do? You, like, as far as like, what are some of the more obscure things that you found attractive about somebody? <laughs> more obscure. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like, have you? Can you think back to a situation where you were working with somebody who you wouldn't normally be attracted to, like on the street? Do you like look? Do you look to like their to like a, a, like a personality connection, or are you literally like, oh, I like those sexy elbows, or like, <laughs> oh, she has nice eyes? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think I have a very good answer for it, though. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say, you know, a more a related observation though is like a lot of times I'll like look up a girl the day before I'm shooting with her and I might, you know, I might think she doesn't look attractive at all in her photos, mm. but then the minute you meet them and you're like communicating with them, yeah, it just yeah. totally turns around. It's like, yeah. Oh wow. Like this person has really appealing vibes. Right. Right. You know? Right. And I mean, that's obviously like for most people like that, can be just as powerful as like, or more powerful mm-hmm. than like looking at a girl's nice ass or whatever. Right. So, yeah. So how, how I many? Guess it's common sense. But <laughs> <laughs> how many times have you fallen in love, or like little, little, little fallings? Little fallings. So you mean just like deep crushes, or you mean like fallen in love? Well, I mean either. Have you like fallen in love? I mean, like if you're, cause I would, I would expect like, it's a really powerful thing if you're working with somebody and, and you guys really are, good. yeah, and it's great <laughs> and you really connect and then you're having sex all day and you're like on top of having sex all day, you're kind of going through this thing together. You have the shared experience that not a lot of people have. That's true. Um, I've definitely had a, a large handful of scenes where like you get done and you like don't want to stop being next to that person, you know? Yeah. And you're like you just like, you know the feeling. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah. It's just like all going through you, and you're like, Ugh. is that like a <laughs> like a, like a like on the job hazard? That's like, does that happen so frequently? Because I, I know you're in a relationship now, uh, and I expect that you probably work slightly differently. Though I don't know if you have an open relationship or. I do, but but you know, I'm still not out looking for more. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, I already have a lot of sex with other people for work all the time. <laughs> yeah. And then I still there have There must be kind of a comfort in that. Well, you... yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. I mean, I love it. <laughs> I mean, I mean for her as well. I don't know. Oh, she needs it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she she loves it too. That's cool. Well, of course, I would hope it would be probably like a bad match. It's got to be mutual. <laughs> it's got to be mutual. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I mean I love it cuz I I have, you know, the best sex I've ever had with my girlfriend. Like you know, we've been we've been going at it on and off for going on 4 years now and the sex yeah. hasn't dwindled at all. <laughs> so uh that's great. And how, then I get to have great sex with other pe- other people at work, so. How do you approach sex with your girlfriend versus sex with people you work with? I don't think you can just put it into words. <laughs> I you mean, just there's, do it. <laughs> well, sh- sure, sure. Like, I, I guess I'm asking, is there anything that you consciously or sub or subconsciously, um, like reserve for your girlfriend? Is there like a certain, like, I don't know, intimacy that's like, well, here's the main difference. When I have sex with my girlfriend, it's at first it's for her and then it's for me. So, when I have right. sex with her, it's about making her come and then making me come. Right, right. When I have sex for work, it's for the camera. <laughs> right, right. Like, even though it's still enjoyable for me, like, the camera comes first. Like, like right. the whole time, the most important thing is, like, 
the the angle that you're fucking from and like <laughs> how you're open up to the camera and stuff like yeah. that. So And are you thinking about like your shop gro- your groceries while you're doing it or are you like in No, the- of course not. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't I'm know. a pervert. <laughs> and I'm obsessed with girls, remember? Right, right, right. Sorry. I'm definitely not thinking about anything <laughs> other than that girl. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there people that you if you like working with somebody specifically, like are you do you have any say in like getting to work with that person again? Um, or not working with somebody that you don't like working the, with? Well, yeah, I mean, everyone can say no to anything they want. Right. Yeah, yeah. If you don't say no to something you don't want to do, then you have a problem and you need to start doing that. Right. <laughs> and have some integrity and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's another... I mean, I I, didn't, I know so little about the porn industry. I didn't even know. I guess that makes sense that that's an option. But I just... It's... Like, what, I didn't know if that would be seen as unprofessional, but... Um, I mean, but that's nice that it's not that you can. It's another one of those the things. Consent is is important. And it's another one of those things where there's so many different intricacies. Where like, sure, there are certain things. If you say no to it, then it's like, well, why are you saying no to that? Do you have mm-hmm. a good reason? Right. Like sometimes it can tarnish people a little bit if you do it too much. But, you know, there's a lot going on with that. And there is the whole thing where it's like someone's first year or two and they're afraid to say no to stuff. So they end right. up doing some shoots that they might not otherwise do. Yeah. Um, which is another kind of ugly thing that falls into the category with, yeah. you know, do you find the yourself- dark side. Totally. But, like, but um, do you find yourself mentoring people? Because you've been doing it for eight years. Like, do you like do you ever sense like from like a younger performer that you're working with that? Well, I mean, I think want to help them. Well, I think naturally if I'm doing, if I'm working with someone and it's one of their early scenes, like naturally I'll like tell them what I know Mm. and like, like any, any way that I can see that I, that I would help them. What do you say? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, the girl I shot with yesterday, it was only like her 10th boy girl and she had never done a live sex show. And this one was live on webcam. Uh. Um, so like that was like a first for her and yeah. she hadn't done it before. So I mean she didn't What's need your live webcam advice. She didn't need much help though. She was yes <laughs> yesterday was a really good day. Cool, dude. And she <laughs> she was, I guess, like a mainstream uh like fashion model for like seven years and then uh. I guess she tried she she moved here to try to do porn once like four years ago and ended up on the wrong sets and hated the cruise. Right. Because she was yeah. like talking about how she wanted to get into porn to be like sex positive and like yeah, yeah. kind of like kind of help push that movement. Like, hey, like don't be ashamed to be a sex worker. Yeah, yeah. And the dudes who she was on set with, like the crews were like, you're in the wrong business, honey. Oh, God. So I, she dipped out right away and went back to fashion modeling. Yeah. But then just came back like a month ago with a different mindset and is just like hitting it hard now, like with a different confidence. And uh, I don't know. I'm just really happy for her because she's, she's really beautiful with a beautiful mind. And I think she's going to do really well. And That's I'm cool. glad I got to do her first webcam <laughs> show with her. her. And her name is just Olive. If you want to look her up, you podcast people. <laughs> um, do you think it's more difficult for male performers or female performers on set? <laughs> I mean... Is that it? I don't know. I will say what I would maybe, assume is that it would maybe be Maybe psychologically for... it could be more stressful for, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm just going to probably say it's probably a little harder for dudes. Cause, Technically. Because what yeah. it all comes but down to. I'm just to, imagining like, the, like, like most crews are male. 
And if you have a rough crew, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's debatable, but I think what it comes down to, from my perspective at least, is if you don't have a hard dick, then you don't have a fucking shoot. Right. And everyone is mad at you if Has, your dick is soft. Yeah. Like, everyone in the room. And what you is can, that like? And you what can do you feel do? the vibes. Yeah, yeah. And then you're expected to get it back up, yet yeah. you can feel the whole room, like, mad at you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, So, I mean, yeah, it's probably one of the more stressful things I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Other than the obvious, like, you know, heartbreak and stuff like that. Sure, sure. <laughs> but, like, just, yeah, the stress of a bunch of, uh, like, a big room of strange men being mad at you for your dick <laughs> not getting hard. Yeah, and it's like, and everyone's mad about a different thing. It's like, the crew just wants to get out of there, you're wasting yeah. the time, they, and they're worried that they're not going to finish their shoot, that they're going to, that, that, that they've wasted their whole day, and yeah. then the girl, like, most of the time, naturally, if if you're working with a girl and your dick's not hard, it's almost always, an, like, a, an ego blow to the girl. Like, most right. of them make it very obvious. They're like, oh. like... I mean, a lot of them do a good job of not showing it, but okay. it's but I it's happened to me enough times, and I've observed enough yeah. where like I know that most girls do take it very personally. Yeah, and it's Should always they take and it it's personally? always no, it's not, no, right? It's no, and it's always a bum out because most of the time when it happens, it has nothing to do with them. It's just it just happens to be like yeah, yeah, yeah. a bad day or an off day, usually for no reason. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a it's a tricky thing. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, friends. I don't know if you've been following my personal hair coloring journey over the last couple of years, but two years ago, my hair was accidentally dyed Cookie Monster Blue at a hair salon, and then I tried to fix it myself with box dye, and then my hair was so damaged, I had to have it all cut off and was left with a pixie cut, which was fine, but it looked kind of like a desperate post-divorce, um, please help me haircut, and I've been trying to grow it out since. Drugstore hair dyes are really bad for your hair and going to the salon is way too expensive. So if you color your hair, I implore you to try eSalon. Uh, eSalon offers professional grade, completely personalized hair color created just for you and delivered right to your door. All you have to do is go to eSalon and you fill out a hair questionnaire and upload a, a, a ton of photos and a personal colorist will formulate your individually blended hair color from over 15,000 pigments. That's a lot of colors, guys. That's a lot of colors. And then that color will get shipped right to your door. If you have any questions, the hair color experts will call you and, and help you out. This is so much better than going to the drugstore. And getting your hair colored at the salon is so expensive. It's like $200, something like that, maybe more. It's, it's crazy. And especially if you have a color that needs a lot of maintenance, like red. Uh, shout out to my fellow unnatural redheads who know that red hair color just falls out immediately. Isalon is a great, great thing for redheads, especially. And then once you get the hair color, if the next month you want to tweak it a little, that's totally fine. Uh, please do this. You can support the podcast and also have uh, affordable, lovely hair color. You're going to go to esalon.com slash terrible. Now, new customers will receive 50% off their first order. That's just $10 for your personalized hair color. $10. Get 50% off your first box at esalon.com slash terrible. Now that's esalon.com slash terrible. What, what's, a, what's a good porn director and a bad porn director? 
Like, what do you not not names? Just like what? Because I would want to know. Uh, but like, what? Like, what makes? What kind of directors? Like, what behaviors? Like, make for good porn directors? I think it just comes down to being fucking empathetic. Yeah. To yeah. me, but I mean, everyone. People who have done everyone it before. Values, are there everyone values who, something different. Um, right. But to me, I appreciate the directors who are like. Like, it doesn't feel like they're talking at you, like, when they're directing you. It feels like they're right. with you in the scene. Like, they get it. Yeah. And they're, like, they're like putting themselves in your position. And, like, when they're saying things to you, it's like they're working with you. Like, only certain directors do that. And then there are a lot of directors who just seem like they have no idea what it's like to be a performer. Yeah. They keep asking you, like, things that are just, like... Uh, it's like you might be in the zone and all of a sudden they'll like start shooting these thing, these requests at you that just like totally throw you off like yeah. in the middle of a scene yeah. uh, and just these really unnecessary things and they just have a general attitude where there's like this coldness where it's like yo dude like you know be a little can't you be a little more considerate little I'm taking more my clothes off and like yeah, I need more. a boner and I need to feel like... yeah yeah um, that's, what ever, comes, that's what it comes down to to me so. have you ever worked with a female director yeah, definitely. Um, is that cool? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's only a handful of them, but the ones, the female directors who do shoot a lot and who I work for are probably some of my favorites, some of my favorite directors to yeah. work for. Yeah. Huh. I mean, they're just, you know, I just get along really, really well with women. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More so than men, to be honest. Mm. And they're just really sweet. They're fun to shoot for. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, have you ever seen or experience like uh yourself like getting fired from a set has anyone ever been like let go in the middle of anything well only on the days when i couldn't get my dick hard oh really and then they just fire you <laughs> well yeah it's, it's you just get sent home that's it oh <laughs> wow and then they just like call somebody else or like is yeah. there an understudy you probably don't say understudy uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean, generally, like, if you're having a hard time and it's been, like, a half hour and your dick's not getting hard. No pun intended. If you're having a hard time. If you're having a soft time. Yeah. Uh, then they, in the meantime, they'll be looking for a replacement uh, while you're okay. sitting there jerking your soft dick. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I've, I think... Um, I've, Do you have a I've failed about... Or, I mean, are you just sitting in the middle of everything, just like jerking off, just trying to... I mean, you seems can, like that's you the, can, you can that's do kind of the funniest humiliation I've ever had. Yeah. It's so sad, just like the idea of like, oh. <laughs> I mean, some dudes will be like, I need to go in the bathroom for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. by themselves. And like, you know, I tried that a few times back in the day. Didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know. I just if I was having trouble still I'd I'd probably just still stay out in the open. Right, right, right. <laughs> Instead of trying to cower back, you know. So that's just gonna make the vibe even weirder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're leaving the room, which kinda opens everybody else up to like having conversations yeah. about you. Fortunately I haven't failed a scene for Oh, that's what you say, failed a scene. Yeah. For <laughs> two or three years now. Congratulations. Um, I think I've failed a total of about six scenes. Okay out of you know high 500 so i feel that's like pretty it's a pretty good ratio yeah right? yeah yeah am i right <laughs> yeah that's, that's am i amazing. okay at this <laughs> <laughs> um what are what are like other dudes like in porn what are the kind of personality types i don't know <laughs> <laughs> or you don't want to say you know, or you don't have to like, name names but... you know, they're very competitive by nature really okay they all want to be 
the best. <laughs> they all want to be the the champion. And and just like what makes like a champion porn star is it just the ability to not fail scenes and like the size of your penis or. I mean, I have a pretty specific perspective. I don't know if it's how shared it is by most people, but it really just comes down to like pretty primal, basic things like mm. who is the most masculine, who has the biggest and hardest dick. Right. Um, and then who do girls want to work with the most? Right. Like, yeah. like those are the three elements. Like, I feel like it really, really is about masculinity a lot of the time, though. Mm. You know? And I think that's one thing that sets me outside of the pack a little bit is that's not really my vibe. Right. Um, you're very masculine. So it, it throws some people off, I think, you know, cause like when, like when I perform, like my mindset isn't, I'm going to show this girl who's a fucking man. Uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time with that when I see that in porn, when it seems just, yeah, like the guy is proving something. It's a big turn off. Yeah, but that's the th the thing is that's the vibe that most people respond to and want when they watch porn. Right. Okay. And the odd thing is, maybe me men. too. Right. Okay. No, even right. When I'm watching porn, that is what I respond to the most. Gotcha. Okay. But um, but what do you, you think know, that? But is? as a but as a real experience, like when I'm doing it, that's right, not right. what I'm thinking about or my vibe. So. Why do you Why do you think people respond to that? <clears throat> I don't know. I guess it's just like primal tradition, you know, <laughs> man and woman. Right. Okay. Maybe, maybe like a little more male. I mean, we're evolving. Like, we're definitely evolving slowly. Like we're going somewhere as a species, like gender wise, but yeah, I don't know where, but it's happening. It seems like as, as, as somebody who does not know very much about this at all, it does seem like when, like porn that's made by women is more about like mutual pleasure and less about like proving some sort of masculine thing. Yeah. I think that's the main difference. Like when you hear about feminist porn and stuff like that, I think that's like, you know, at first glance when you're watching the scenes, it's like nothing seems different. Mm. But I think when it comes down to it, that is the primary difference. It's just about yeah. like, well, at least there's like a segment in the scene where like the girl is getting off and you can tell and it's about her like right, having right, an right. orgasm for, yeah. for a second at least. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Are you friends with other other dudes or like the dudes not friends with each other? Um, I mean, the whole industry is like, there's a lot of people in it, but overall it's not that many people. Okay. It's like, like I went to a high school with a graduating class of probably like in the 500s range. Mm -hmm. And that's about how many people work in porn. Gotcha. It's probably like 500 people or something so There must like that. be like clicks and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so much like. And you're like in the cool it's clique. It's so much like a high school class. <laughs> like, um, I'm definitely not in the cool clique. Really? So what, I, um, what is the cool clique like? You know, just like the the most famous people who like are always in the spotlight okay. and shit like the most successful people those are like the popular the popular girls and the popular right. guys you but know? I mean like cool as in like like I don't know the art club or like cool as in like smoking by the bleachers instead of like playing on the football field that sort of thing okay so there are the bad kids too oh yeah what are the bad kids well I'd say the the kids or the people who are equivalent to like the kids smoking by the bleachers right that would probably be the like the like um kind of like trap kind of like uh like like kind of hood vibes like mm. not not like the not just like not like black performers but like 
people who are like really into just like smoke weed every day, 420, like always posting videos of them like ripping bongs and stuff. Right, right, and like right. Their whole presence is just like, yeah, like I love <laughs> weed. I love okay. weed. So I don't know. Probably are there just, probably are there the poor nerd? Are there like oh those are the lame like who like what kind what what, are the, what would be the qualities of like oh that's the lame porn group like people who are really excited about the history of sex or like what is the um, <laughs> lame uh, like nerds? catch my adult swim pilot porn like nerds uh, yeah or like not just nerd because like because I, I know there is like a, a faction of like like nerd as a nerd culture like I'm sure there there is that but I mean like is there a lame yeah well I mean there's there's this one term what that, makes someone lame oh yeah oh I'm so excited well yeah there's 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 definitely um there's two different things on that on that note there's definitely like a, a whole group of like just really nerdy performers who are like into like Comic-Con and like shit like that. Okay. But, but they, most like of them. Like classically nerd, nerdy. Yeah, yeah. But most of them do really well. And yeah. They're, they're people just don't like, dislike them, I assume. No, no, not yeah. at all. Like, like some of them are like really, really popular, really admired performers. Like, like April O'Neil. Have you heard of that girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like she's probably the first one I think of when I think of that. Because my ex-husband that, was very into redheads. Oh yeah. I guess she was pretty redheaded for a while. Yeah. I did a pretty sweet, uh, Ninja Turtles parody with her last summer. <laughs> I, uh, I played Casey Jones and also Michelangelo. Oh. And the the turtle suits they had were super legit. Like it looked like the actual. That mov- seems kind of upsetting a bit. Looked like the movies. I mean, um, was it was that? Does that count as like bestiality porn, or is it like <laughs> there was like where did the man begin and the was, turtle end? There was one sequence towards the end that was like debatably like along those lines. Right, right. Did you have green makeup on all over? Um, well, I mean, it was a full body suit, so right. I didn't need makeup. But, and then um, just your penis sticking it? Well, here's the thing. It was only a short film. It was only 15 minutes. So there was only... Oh, well, that answers all my questions. Well, I mean, there there was 15, <laughs> 15 minutes of like dialogue and then and then one sex scene. Okay. The one sex scene was just Casey Jones with April O'Neil. Okay. But at the end of the movie... Wait, who's Casey Jones? Uh, he's like the dude with like the hockey mask and the hockey stick. He's like... Oh, okay, he's okay. Like a good guy, but a bad boy. Right. Okay. Now I remember. Okay. Yes. Um, but at the very end of the movie, there was a turtle bukkake sequence. Of course. <laughs> with these big fake green dicks. Okay. So they were, the way it was set up, it was just a still shot. Yeah. I don't want to ruin the secret, but I'm going to. Um, <laughs> Yay. Yeah. They were just basically set up on these like, um, I don't know, some sort of stands. Yeah. With like the bottom of the turtle bodies and then these big fake green dicks. And we had these hoses running through the dicks and then just like. You know, like kind of like lime green looking like ooze, like like blasting the, through them. Yeah. <laughs> Just like pouring out on her face at the end. So it was pretty cool. Cool. <laughs> um, so that's so that's group one. Right. Okay. From your yeah. question. Yeah. Group two. This is a, an interesting thing on the darker side. Um, there's a, a term that doesn't get used as much anymore, probably because a lot of these guys got weeded out because there's mm. not as much room anymore. There's not as much, there's not as much work. Right. Right. Uh, so there's not as many, as many people working, but there used to be a whole group of dudes that were known as mopes because okay. they were basically not desirable enough to get hired for full boy girl scenes. Mm. So they would only get brought on for shoots like bukkakis and like blow bangs and stuff like that. Uh, you know what a blow bang is? Uh, it's just, it's just, it's like a gang, it's like a gangbang, but there's no sex. It's just blowjob. Uh, so okay. like the girl is just blowing like eight dudes. Okay. Um, 
That makes sense. That's an appropriate name for what that is. Yeah. <laughs> so good job, porn industry. So yeah, that would be what a mope would be considered. Okay, um, it's just one of and those. I, dudes. And that's kind of like, you know, when I learned what that was my first year, and then found myself on a few shoots where like they were like considering the people there mopes. Right. Right. I was like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, yeah. So sure, that's yeah. so that's like a very specific group and term within porn that not a lot of people know about. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah. What are the other groups? Or that's there, it. That's it. Okay. <laughs> have you ever done have you ever worked with a man? No. No. I mean I've obviously worked alongside as as teammates. Right. <laughs> <laughs> with other men. Right, right. Very frequently. Yeah. But never just mano a mano. Gotcha. Are there like do you do you have like a lot of like heterosexual male friends who do gay scenes? Um, not personally. I, mean, I think maybe like a maybe it's a myth. No, is no, this in a documentary or like that you get more money as a man? Oh, like a, you have to also like do. That's a myth. Okay. That whole rumor is a myth, but it's a it is a very real thing that there are, are a lot of people crossing over and messing with like there's a lot of dudes that are supposedly straight who do gay for pay right gay porn i don't know how they do it i don't know how like it sounds like you suspect that they, might, that they might be bisexual or i mean, I mean that like, to me like if they're on top and they have to like get their dick hard and fuck a dude mm-hmm. i mean to me i would think that means they have to have an element of bisexuality sure. in order to do it yeah um but i mean i'm not that's not me so i don't know you know some of them just really say that they are hetero and that they can still do it somehow yeah but it it blows my mind i don't know right and, right, th- and there definitely are a lot of people who have uh made switchovers too like um um, I have a, one of my closest friends actually is bisexual mm-hmm. and he, he started in gay porn Okay, and then crossed over to doing straight full time instead. Was that difficult um, for him? Was there like a stigma for doing that or? There is definitely a stigma. Um, a lot of times if, uh, if you're coming from gay porn, uh, girls won't want to shoot with you. Um, Primarily just because there's a much higher risk factor uh, Mm -hmm. in the gay sex world uh, regarding HIV and stuff. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it's, it becomes a very sticky topic, a very like. Everything you're saying I hear is a pun. You said coming from the gay world and it's a very (laughs) sticky topic. Everything in my brain is just saying like, no pun intended, no pun intended. (laughs) Everything is sexual. That was a really good one that I didn't notice. (laughs) Thanks for calling that out. Do you, do you get an HIV test every time you work? How does that work? How do they, we, we get tested. um, Our tests are good for two weeks and then we have to test again. Gotcha. Yeah. When you, when you hear about, oh, it's Dino. Dino, I'm talking about porn. We're, ta- we're talking to a porn star. We sure are. Oh, you're yeah. a porn star? Yeah, nice to meet you. Whip it out. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> you can Google me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as Dino walks in, we're talking about something incredibly unsexy, but the, um, with, with, like the when when people have when AIDS has been when HIV has been like spread, uh-huh. 
Uh, I feel so self-conscious about Tito being here. What do, you, what do you mean not sexy? <laughs> <laughs> <Eight>? <laughs> <laughs> um, what's oh, porn bloopers? <laughs> Move on to something. What is like? What are? What is the most embarrassing thing? I mean, there are multiple embarrassing things. What's an embarrassing moment on set? Well, there's plenty of anal bloopers. That's for sure. Right? Has that <laughs> happened to you? Is that a thing oh, it then? happens fifty percent of the time that you're shooting anal. Really? Oh, oh, well, of course, shooting <laughs> anal, of course. Yeah. 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 I was just mad. I wasn't even thinking about shooting anal. It's just. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like when I think of bloopers, you think of what mess ups and mistakes and. I guess so. I was just self conscious because Dino was here. Now I'll go. Bye. Bye. Who's Dino? Uh, Dita, Dita's a, a, a genius writer and owner of this. Um, this is his pad, huh? Yeah, yeah, like co-owner of the company. What a badass dude. Yes, he, he is. Yeah, he's very talented. We've had our highs and lows. He's for, yeah. Um, so lots of poop. Yeah, yeah, lots. Of, yeah, so what happens when that happens? Um, well, usually it's not too bad. Usually it's just a little little remnants sure but like how do you truffle butter do they call it little truffle butter butter coming out so um, and then do you (laughs) pretend that it hasn't happened or do you no I mean you usually cut and just you know use some baby wipes and is it is the woman like really embarrassed or is it Eh, everyone's yeah. different right right okay <laughs> but yeah usually you know is that usually, a crying scenario because I would I would assume that that would be my crying scenario I actually haven't witnessed the girl cry from that because okay. it's pretty common to just have a little bit of something okay I've even, never had even though sex, even though most girls like fast for an entire day before the shoot right they don't eat right. anything some of them take like something like Imodium the day of the shoot like, right, like right. anti-diarrheal like to like really like yeah yeah like clog it or whatever um no well there's also always uh douches and enemas on the set so like are they in like a little wicker basket yeah usually yeah or like a nice (laughs) little plastic bin or something next to the sun chips the the only time i produced so far i only produced one scene and mine are in a cardboard box so Uh, (laughs) um and the scene you produced did you like write it what was your <clears throat> no it was just the only scene where I, where a website hired me to you know do the full shebang like uh like book the location book the girl book the shoot book the crew bring all the supplies um shoot it perform like do everything yeah yeah um yeah so i'm still waiting to hear back from them i hopefully we'll get some more work <laughs> <laughs> hopefully Absolutely. it was good enough Oh, what I was going to ask you about HIV, like when you hear stories about someone maybe knowing, like, does that happen? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm talking about something I really don't, I'm very out of my depth with all of this, but like. Well, I don't know what you're talking about yet. (laughs) Spit it out. Spit it out. Uh, When I heard, when I heard like tale, like, cause like, I feel like every few years you hear about somebody who was tested and knew that they were positive and then still worked. Really? Or maybe not. Maybe I'm just imagining that. Okay. There was one case three or four years ago mm-hmm. where a dude had not HIV. He had syphilis, I believe. Okay. And he doctored his test. He like gotcha. photoshopped a good test and like printed it out and brought it to set and, and like worked with it. And, right. and everyone's impression was that he knew that he had syphilis. Right. Um, so, I mean, that happened one time in my years. 
but I've never heard of anyone doing that with HIV. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why do you yeah. think he, do you think it was that like just insanity on his part and like malicious or? I don't think it was malicious. Right. He just, I think. Didn't care about anybody else. Yeah. I think it was more of just like a, like inconsiderate, like, man, yeah. I got to work type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty tragic. Yeah. Or, I mean, absolutely. I just don't know why why you would do that. That's really horrible. Yeah. Yeah. What do people usually ask you when they find out that you're a porn star? And do you like the term porn star? What do you say? No, I never tell people I'm a porn star. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I I think with the way that porn has uh, changed, mm-hmm. that the actual idea of the porn star is pretty much dead. Right. Nobody knows, like. Porn yeah, stars there's names not like anymore. Jenna there aren't household names yeah. anymore. You right, know? right. The last one was Sasha Gray, I'd say. Mm. And man, that's gonna be weird if like 30 years from now we're like Sasha Gray was the last porn star. It's <laughs> gonna make her like even more special, you know? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, no. And I'd, why is Sasha I, Gray special? I've heard other people like I had a boyfriend who was who I dated someone briefly who was like very into Sasha Gray. Uh, with Sasha Gray, I think it's one of those things where like. I couldn't really put it into words. It's like, I don't know why she's as popular as she is. I'm just as drawn to her as everyone else, but I'm also only as... Je ne sais quoi. But I'm also only as drawn to her... That's the name of my porn name. What is it? Je ne sais quoi. Maybe. Jenna. Jenna. Sais quoi. What's sais quoi? Je ne sais quoi is I don't know what in French. It's just an expression that means like they have something that you can't really identify, like something special about them. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> When, so are gonna, Jenna, when are you going to do your first scene? Say quoi. <laughs> uh, what are you doing at seven? Ooh. <laughs> um, my, my, my I got band was... practice. Sorry. <laughs> I have to be a different night. <laughs> uh, I think I would want to do like genre, like, um, not like, like, like a period film. Not like. That's what kind of porn you'd want to do if you did one scene. You'd want to do like a like a renaissance. Thing. Not like a renaissance thing, but like, <laughs> like a, a ren fair. The first porn. no no, I really would not want to do that. Um, <laughs> Me neither. Yeah no. Uh, yeah, actually, it's all the same. Once you're just right. Yeah, once, yeah. once you get to the penis and vagina part, it's just nothing else matters. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess I was thinking like some sort of like Jane Austen situation like Mr. Darcy who's that again that sounds very familiar oh you know just a little Edwardian um, wasn't she on a social <laughs> social comedy <laughs> wasn't she the lead on some show on like USA or something she for sure was not Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman Jane Seymour is that who that is <laughs> yeah. oh shit that's that's who I was thinking of yeah no Jane Austen uh, wrote the first um, arguably the first novel Ever? First romantic, first time? romantic comedy. She wrote the first romantic comedy, not the first novel. Really? Yeah. The first rom com. Yeah, Pride and Prejudice. How did it compare to Bridget Jones Three, which you Funny and I you watched say that the other because day? Bridget, I know, I know, because <laughs> <laughs> also weird detail to this. I don't even want to explain it, but like Chad and I watched Bridget Jones Three. <laughs> yeah, Bridget Sunday. Jones Baby, and I thought it was a million times better than the fate and the furious so fuck <laughs> off well Bridget it's funny that you say Bridget Jones because Bridget Jones the first Bridget Jones is is loosely based on uh, Pride and Prejudice really yeah and uh, Colin Firth is playing Charles Dur- Darcy who we also played in the BBC miniseries 
Pride and Prejudice. Is what this making you want to shoot a scene with me? <laughs> My knowledge of... Is that uh, what we're trying to build towards right now? No. Um, <laughs> I'm just hearing myself talk because I'm like, well, let's talk about Pride and Prejudice. Um, <laughs> that just yeah. makes me want to watch that Keira Knightley movie I haven't seen yet. Pride and Prejudice? No, actually, I was thinking of Atonement. <laughs> <laughs> atonement. Oh, Atonement is great. Oh, I would 100% do an Atonement scene. Like in a library. Oh, Fuck. I would want to have. I want to work with Keira Knightley so bad. You should really watch Atonement. There's like, it's very, it's it's very very good. Um, is it like? It's not like a movie that like breaks the fourth wall, is it? No. Yeah. Well, thought, it is. It is in that there is a narrator. That's the only sense. The only part of it. Yeah. Other than that, no. Got it. <laughs> well, I downloaded it like a year ago. I gotta watch it soon. It is very good. And yes, I download Torrance. <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? This is the future, bitch. <laughs> I love imagining like watching porn and then being like, "That guy hasn't watched Atonement yet." Just <laughs> like, details about that that guy, like what he was doing before or after. God, but if, yeah, if would... only if they had like a VH1 pop up video for like porn <laughs> yeah. scenes, yeah, or just like facts like that pop up about this guy people. had to get a smog check an hour after the shoot. God, that would be so fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> this person's afraid of balloons. What is this podcast called again? Uh, this feels terrible. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I was trying to remember this morning. Would, would there be a wrong answer to that? And you just drop the mic and walk out? <laughs> <laughs> no, like I said earlier, go ahead and try to offend me. <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to offend you. It's also, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I could. I wonder if you could offend me. I haven't been offended by anything, but mm. I don't think I'm easily offendable. Is there a group in porn that's like, oh, those people have sex on books? Because I think that's what mine would be. Like, or the like desk porn. literally, like, on top of a pile of books? Yeah, or just, like, round books or just... Oh, I know what I would do. I would definitely do... Well, it just um, depends on the setting, right? Yeah, I think I would do... Like, I like... Like, it would be all, like, school... Okay, Teacher-student yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Have you done teacher-student stuff? Lots of it. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. What is your favorite kind of thing Porn? to do yeah hmm. what are your favorite search words for to perform and not to consume um you know it's just i don't have a good answer to that question because it just goes at the end it's all the same it just goes back to me being girl obsessed because it's like i don't right. have because i don't have a favorite kind of like scenario or anything I see, to right. me it's like all that matters is just who i'm working with yeah and like like even like even when i watch porn still for pleasure it's like all I go by is like, who's in the scene? That's it. Do you like, have you ever had an experience working with somebody that has ruined watching them on screen? Oh, um, no, not, not by any specific actions. There's just, there's just certain people who like, for no specific reason, like once I got to know them, then I just, I didn't see them in that light anymore, you know? Right. And I mean, for a lot of people who work in porn, that happens for everyone who they get to know. Like every right. time they get to know someone, they can't watch their porn anymore. Gotcha. That's not how it is for me. Because it most, takes you out of most it? Most girls like, who I meet, right. I will still gladly jerk <laughs> off to one of their scenes. Have you, know? you ever met somebody and then been like, oh, I actually like, I've jerked off to you before, before you've worked with them? Well, I don't tell them. Oh, you don't tell them. Okay. But yeah, like half the people I work with. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, well, maybe not. Actually, that's not true because a lot of times I get booked with like relatively new girls. Yeah. 
and of course I haven't, you know, I've never heard of them. So how do you draw <laughs> the line between, uh, with between like, um, flirting with somebody to get to know them for a connection and like not wanting to seem like overly creepy or like interested or, uh, well, I'm not really, I'm not that I'm not really the type of person who even like makes moves. Right. Okay. Like most of my life, like, that's uh, interesting. I only make moves on the internet. <laughs> I don't like to that like. It's like a t-shirt. To me, like like a, a man doing it in in person, to me for some for some reason comes off as like. Uh, really it, aggressive. It, it's like it's just like invasive because then mm-hmm. it's like all of a sudden they're in the situation and they don't really have an easy way to back out of it. Right. That's interesting. But like online, if you yeah. just like tell them like, hey, I think that you're really appealing right then it's like they can just be like thank you and that's it and never have to fucking see you or deal with it yeah or they can be like "Ooh, this boy likes me next time i see him i'm going to like put my hand on his chest or whatever yeah yeah and then you just take it from there you know yeah (laughs) yeah that is that is like kind of a that is a thoughtful thing like not um when i slid in and out in that way when i slid into jennifer tilly's dms like a year ago (laughs) no response though (laughs) too bad Uh, um, oh so anyway so that translates on set i think too i'll just like i'll just open conversation and then it's kind of up to the girl from there like if she wants if she wants to start getting all physical and flirty then i'm all about it usually but yeah otherwise whatever we can just chit chat and then wait till the camera's on you know yeah yeah there you go um to end are there any like misconceptions about porn that you would want to clear up or that you feel like you're constantly clearing up no (laughs) (laughs) i think you covered uh a lot of the kind of like uh debatable topics and even though we didn't really like come to conclusions about any of them (laughs) we are we discussed them a bit uh we kind of went over how there's two sides to them and how they're kind of gray areas and uh kind of up for people to figure out yeah you know oh i didn't oh one last thing that we didn't really get answered like what were the moves that you had to make in order to work in porn like what were the what are the what was your what were the steps well i was always just kind of keeping my eyes open for like ways in Mm -hmm. because like the never-ending thing uh regarding porn especially if you're a guy in porn you'll get messages from random dudes all over the world like constantly really that just say like Dude, get me into porn. How do I get into porn? Help me. Can you help me get in? Please, please. I'm 28. I have a big dick. I'm 6'7". Right. Please, how can I get in? Yeah. And it's like nonstop, like forever. So you have to be used to that. <laughs> um, but, but that's kind of uh, the mystical part of, of being a male performer in, in, in porn is every dude who's, who gets in has a different story or like a different path. Right. Um. For me, like I said, I was just keeping my eyes peeled. Uh, I was touring with this metal band, Dead to Fall, playing bass. Um, and finally, like the, the opportunities just slowly started popping up. Like we opportunity met talent, and there you were. Yeah, just like that. Yeah. I just um, one of my friends' bands like crashed with this porn star Kylie Cross, who was working for like Burning Angel. Have you heard of that? It's like a. I think so. Actually, it's like a tattooed girl, like punk rock alt mm-hmm. porn site. Um, so like she was my first connection, just kind of like hung out with her, talked to her about the industry, started like getting some info, figuring out how to get yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And then probably like six months later, we were crashing uh, at a friend's place in Long Beach, 
and her roommate happened to be a person who had just started doing scenes and we happened to have a day off the next day so we were hanging out there and her roommate came home and she was like i heard that you want to do porn do you want to do a sh- do you, will you shoot with me tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> and um it, it was a it was an interesting thing so it was like it was a it was a girl who i normally wouldn't wouldn't have found attractive even right or hooked up with for fun but but i was like well this is it man this is my opportunity to get my foot in the door or dick in the door right as i named the chapter in my upcoming book where i talk <laughs> about this right. um and yeah we did it and it went well and that website uh had me back a couple more times when i would come through on tour um so that was how i got started how i could that became like my like portfolio like right, right. look i can do it yeah yeah <laughs> and then then i met a girl uh who had just done her first scene for Vivid, which which was like the biggest company at the time. Right. And I saw she had done her first scene for them, and I kind of started. It started out as me being a fanboy to her. Mm-hmm. There was actually this website called xpeeps.com. Okay. That functioned exactly like MySpace. Like it looked like MySpace, but uglier. <laughs> but uh, it was for people who were in porn or wanted to get into porn. And. Um, so it was just like that's helpful a MySpace profile but with like nudes and like right, sex right, and right. stuff so I found her on there started talking to her on there chatting her up and then when we were recording our final album in Baltimore that's where she's from she came to the studio we connected and then my band broke up three months later and then we started dating and moved to LA together to get into porn oh yeah so nice yep well cool um, well, thank you. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, what is your What is your book that's coming out? Do you want to plug it at all, or do you have anything you want to plug? Sure. It's. Uh, you also don't have to. It's going to be. Um, it's it's a work of fiction. Okay. Although it is highly inspired by my real experiences, gotcha. uh, chronicling my adventures. Uh, touring in the band and then getting into porn mm-hmm. uh, and kind of it kind of covers the juiciest bleakest elements of my experiences uh, throughout those times and through a, a couple of very intense relationships that I had uh, amidst those experiences and um, the book is called Warship Satan okay <laughs> um for a multitude of reasons, but primarily because that's the name of the death metal band that the protagonist is touring in. Ah, in the book. gotcha. Um, but yeah, it covers a lot of different things. Um, I won't go into it right now. Cool. But yeah, it's a uh, the book's done. I'm 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 going through the final edit right now and pitching it to a few publishers. But you know, it's a pretty pretty intense title. Yeah. So just based off of that alone, I'm not really expecting a publisher to be like, oh, hell yeah, we want to represent that. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, if it doesn't happen, I'm definitely just going to self-publish it like I did with my first book. So if you're interested, uh, keep your eyes peeled for Worship Satan by Chad Fierstead. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I had fun. 
I hope you enjoyed that uh, conversation with Chad. I will be posting pictures of Chad and myself from the Renaissance Fair so you can see uh, Chad in his dress and me in my outfit <laughs> on the This Feels Terrible Instagram. I may also post, because it's kind of thematic, I'm, I'm doing these kind of throwback posts. I may post... I'm, I found a bunch of pictures, like sexy pictures I took for some ex-boyfriends that I think are kind of entertaining, and I may put those up on the This Feels Terrible Instagram as well. You can email me at thisfeelsterrible uh, at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter if you'd like. Lastly, I will tease you with something. Next week, I have a big, big podcast altering, my life altering announcement to make. Um, it's been a while in the making and I've been nervous about telling you guys I'm excited about it I'm scared uh, I've been putting a lot of work into it I don't I don't know so I don't know what I want you to do with this information that something is happening next week on the podcast that I'm going to announce next week on the podcast I guess just you know emotionally prepare yourselves emotionally prepare yourself if you're someone who um, has a hard time with uh, change you know, um, which I think we all we all do a little bit, a little bit. I think maybe I'm addicted to change, and that in itself, quite a conundrum. You know, I, I'm addicted to things always changing, which is again being afraid of change. Okay. Anyway, I love you, my ear friends, McFeelys of the world, McGath Attack. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowner's insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, the chocolate lab. And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance.